At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the locals. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the locals. Danielle Simone Brand, author of Weed Mom. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I saw this on Instagram and I was like, I have to reach out to this person. <laughs> I have to like figure this out. Like, I'm, I'm very curious about this. As someone who partakes in edibles, weed, whole thing, I'm like, okay, where did this come from for you? Like, how did, what was the life before this and then life kind of as you dove into this area? So the funny thing is that I used to really misunderstand and dislike cannabis. Um, and I, <laughs> I tell that story in the first chapter of my book yeah. that actually my husband overused it for a while. And mm. I wanna be honest with people that I'm writing this book for that it's possible to overuse cannabis for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that it's easier to cultivate a healthy relationship with it. Um, and I have a lot of tools in my book about how to do that intentionally. We can kind of get into that later, but yeah. um, you know, but, but yeah, I watched him basically self-medicate without a lot of awareness around you know how to do that well how to balance thc with cbd mm-hmm. etc there's just a lot to know right so yeah. you know so because of that I, I didn't appreciate cannabis i thought you know it just made my husband kind of tune out made him unmotivated maybe had some career you know implications for him and so you know for a long time i avoided it myself even though you know i tried it here and there it wasn't like yeah. i never um but then, you know, as a freelance writer, I started getting some assignments about cannabis before I even really knew or cared much about it. Yeah. And so I had to learn for that, you know, for those assignments. And as I began to learn and interview people about how much cannabis had helped them, you know, given them their quality of life, help them get off of pharmaceuticals in many cases, um, you know, change the way that they sleep or parent or, you know, just go through their days without pain all that kind of stuff, it made me really curious since I was living in California at the time. And I voted for legalization even before I liked it because I didn't think that it should be illegal or that people should right. ever go to jail. Of for course, it. yeah, that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's completely insane. So, you know, so, so as I kind of became intellectually curious, I think that, um, you know, then I decided to go for it and, and try out the legal marketplace myself. So I was really cautious, you know, simple little vape pen, yeah. one, you know, one puff, very, very, you know, mild. <laughs> I know, I know. I was, oh, I was man. just so cautious. But, you know, but honestly, I had, I had such an embodied and beautiful experience on my yoga mat after doing, after taking that yeah. one puff. Because <laughs> my tolerance was extremely low back then. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> now imagine, like, tell me about it. I got to get to that. But 
tell me about kind of this, what was going on inside of you emotionally as you're like, man, I'm learning about this and it's altering my mindset. Where, take me inside that aspect for you. Yeah, so I was learning about it and really hearing, like I said, these stories of people's lives who had been transformed and changed and, and um, you know, where, where they felt like their quality of life was so much richer with cannabis mm -hmm. in their lives. So, you know, so the more I, I delved into those personal stories and also the research, because as a writer, I was looking at, you know, various research on cannabis and yeah. we have, we have a lot, but we still need a lot more. Um, and, you know, as you know, it's really hard to get studies approved for cannabis, still being schedule one federally. Um, but Crazy. you know, just that, that intellectual curiosity really, really led me to that personal, you know, personal exploration and experience. And the more I experimented with cannabis, I realized this is a wellness tool. This yes. is something I can actually, you know, use to enhance how I feel in my body, how I feel about myself in the world. And it's all like, you know, dose dependent, product dependent. I'm not talking bong reps all day on the couch. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, for some people, that's, if that works for some folks, that's fine. It doesn't fit well for me because no, like, me I, neither, I have neither. a lot to do. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, like, um, what was the most surprising to you about getting into this? Like, you were like, man, I didn't think, like, what really changed your mind? Or what was just like, wow, I didn't see this coming, you know? Hmm, interesting. Well, as I started researching and experimenting with cannabis, I was having more conversations about the comparison with alcohol, which I yeah. found pretty interesting given, mm -hmm. you know, the legality, obviously, and the total mm -hmm. acceptance total. of alcohol <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in our culture. And, you know, and for moms, I mean, that's my, the group that I speak to the most probably because I, you know, my kids are eight and 11. And when I started writing about cannabis, they were, you know, younger, obviously. And, and so the, the kind of mom and parent world is very much a part of my life. And, um, you know, mommy wine culture, so prevalent, so accepted. <laughs> it's so prevalent, man. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like Chardonnay noontime. <laughs> exactly. It's, so, so I guess I, I became interested and curious and surprised by how how many moms I spoke to said, you know what, I know that I'm seen as a responsible mom if I partake in wine. I, I can be seen as a responsible my mom if I partake in wine, but it doesn't make me feel good, and I don't parent my best, and I don't yeah. sleep well. Whereas I can actually, you know, microdose or moderate dose with cannabis, feel good, feel like myself feel fine the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, so that comparison became pretty interesting to me. Now I think we hear it a lot. Like, you know, there's the whole Cali sober thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of cannabis. Yeah. So you know, there's that. And then also I think I've become really surprised. I became surprised by the number of, of moms who actually are really doing this, just just afraid to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's a real big part of it for I was definitely one of those. I didn't try cannabis until I was like 35 and 43. And uh, I think I just had like poor information about it. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I would never do something like that. Now I've done a lot of things I said I would never do, but, you know, then <laughs> you know, I start doing it. And I didn't start out with one puff, man. I was like, give me edibles. I want to just go straight into this. I'm like 30 milligrams. And then it was, it was messy. It was definitely messy. I learned my <laughs> limit real quick, though. <laughs> but there's well, a stigma, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, it's so funny. You can drink a whole bottle of wine a night, and I'm, oh, that's fine. But if you're, like, smoking weed or vaping weed or you're taking edible, it's like, oh, you're, you're not a good person. 
you know, it's like, what? Makes no sense. The stigma is real. Yeah. And it's still pretty prevalent, even even in states that have legalized. And of course, it just depends, you know, on a lot of things, the sort of subculture of your, you know, peer group, I would say, and family and yeah. your job and all those things. But, you know, there's there's still quite a, quite a bit of stigma. And, um, you know, so you, you said that you just dove in, you went, oh, yeah. went for the edibles. Yeah, <laughs> straight hard. I was, and I knew I knew there was a big difference between the two. You know, an edible is very different than actually smoking it's very just almost two different things completely to mm -hmm. me and uh yeah i mean i was definitely fell down seven times <laughs> i was like man <laughs> what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't it didn't you didn't have a bad enough experience that it turned you off to future no okay. no not at all because i saw it i immediately knew honestly that it was better for me than alcohol i, I immediately i immediately knew that yeah and it was like i was like okay I still like alcohol, but like, I got to flip the ratio on this. This needs to be more central to like, if I'm going to do something mind altering for the drug than alcohol, because one of these things is much worse. And this was without knowing anything, just instinctively. I felt mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's just mind boggling to me still how, how much stigma there is against cannabis when it's absolutely true that moderate use has very it has almost no side effects it's pretty amazing yes it right? is amazing it is you take amazing. the right dose you know for you yes. if you overdo it you can feel awful and i don't recommend yeah. it <laughs> yeah every once in a while you go overboard sorry <laughs> <laughs> i understand but you know i did write the, the book basically as a guide to help people ease in yeah. and not feel overwhelmed and not have that first time you know i took 20 milligrams and i didn't know where i was kind yeah. of thing yeah a lot of people have that like I've had several people in my life who like won't do cannabis at all because they had a really bad experience. Like they had a cookie and first of all, they don't know like the time lapse or like, Oh, this isn't working, you know? And then they eat more or they don't even know what's in the cookie, how many milligrams are in it. And you have to be educated on the dosage and whether it's indica, sativa, if, where you, you know, there's a whole science behind how you take these things but a lot of people you know if you're at some party or somebody gives you like a brownie like this the worst worst way to do it i mean i agree i agree and so that's something that i really appreciate about the legal marketplace is it takes yes. a lot of that guesswork out i mean as long as you do some you know have some education know yeah. what you're you know know how to read the labels and and know what is an appropriate dose and that kind of thing yeah like i i'm not a <laughs> I am an experimenter. I like to do different things, but I don't like to feel bad. And I don't, I don't have time. Like my kids are yeah. little enough and they need me. And so, you know, the, the legal marketplace gives you the, all those options, like the precise doses when it comes yep. to edibles, um, even precise doses when it comes to certain, you know, inhalable products, like there yeah. are vapes where like you can only have, you know, 2.5 milligrams per inhale. And so you can really, yeah. um, you know, measure it well and, and know what's right for your body. So yeah, that, that learning curve is, I think, the, you know, the, one of the hardest things for, for new folks, which is why I wanted to introduce people in this book to the legal marketplace and say, all right, here's what you need to know. Let's break it down. Percentage of THC, you know, milligrams if it's inedible, you know, all that stuff. When you talk to other people about this who are maybe hesitant, what are their biggest concerns that you've heard? Mm, interesting. Well, 
I mean, I think a lot of it is just that like moral, you know, moral mm. stigma, like, you know, people must, there must be something wrong or something they're escaping from if they're, you know, leaning on, uh, you know, a drug like cannabis. And for me, like, I think that that comes from ignorance and the mm -hmm. fact that people don't understand the endocannabinoid system, which we, you know, for your listeners, if they don't know, we have an endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. that literally interacts perfectly with the molecules in the cannabis plant. I know. How amazing is that? When I learned that, I was like, okay, duh. <laughs> like, this is like a home run. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've read some really interesting things about how, you know, humans have been cultivating cannabis for so long that in some ways we might have co evolved with the plant. Mm. And like, you know, the plant morphs itself and our own physiology reforms like over, you know, a long, long, long time, thousands yes. of years, obviously, yeah. to like fit together. And I find that fascinating. I don't know. I can't speak to the, you know, the sure. truth of that. But, um, you know, so I think understanding that the endocannabinoid system goes a long way to helping people understand, okay, it's not just like an escape or I'm just trying to numb myself out or anything like that. It's like yeah. actually getting more in tune with yourself. Again, dose dependence. If you overdo it, you'll, you'll be less connected probably. <laughs> 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 you know, so there's that. And then other uh, concerns. I think for moms, there's a lot of concern about like, will I be, you know, will I be a responsible parent? Will I be uh -huh. safe? Will I, you know, how do I figure out my limits while I'm with my kids and all that, all that stuff, which is important. And I go over that quite a bit in the book to help people, you know, get through that learning curve without a lot of error. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit um, before we dive. Well, let me back up a little bit. So how did you see yourself as a mother when you weren't doing this as to when you are, how you are doing this now? What's been the biggest shift for you? That's interesting. Um, I think the biggest shift for me has been in validating self-care as mm. a mom, because, you know, especially when your kids are really little, there's just you can be lost in their constant need. You can lose yourself. Oh in my their, gosh. Yes. Right. <laughs> I don't need to say that. To, to, I'm to a parent. parent. I know I have a 10 year old daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and so just being able to have a, a few boundaries with my kids, because I don't smoke in front of them, for instance, yeah. and when I need a reset, when I need a moment and we're home, we're in a safe environment, I do feel comfortable elevating is what I usually say, or microdosing or whatever, mm -hmm. but you know, I'll take, I'll take time away and then come back to them. And, you know, I often combine my cannabis uh, consumption and I, inhalation is really my favorite. I, I like to yeah. smoke weed. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> We're it's open okay. Here, hey. <laughs> and you know, and not just THC, I'd like to smoke CBD as well. And that, oh, has, really? and that has effects too. CBD flower can be, you know, pretty powerful too, just in its mm. own way. So, you know, so I, I like to combine those rituals with some yoga, with uh, maybe, you know, lighting a candle or some Palo Santo, so Palo Santo, yeah. or ha maybe having my, my little crystals somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, <laughs> nice. That I keep at my desk. And so, you know, so validating self-care, validating time that's not working or parenting, basically. Yeah. yeah. Now, so with, with your kids, you're not doing it in front of them, but are you are you high at some point, like when you're interacting with them at all? 
Well, you know, it's a spectrum of, you know, high, and I would say that I'm on the lower side of that sometimes. Yeah. Sure, you know, moderate or microdosing, I do feel comfortable. If we're home, I'm not, I don't drive that exactly. way. Exactly, yeah. I don't take them rock climbing or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't? I mean, <laughs> mommy's high, we're going to go walk rock climbing. <laughs> we're going to get high. <laughs> right. <laughs> might be entertaining but not the best yeah. safety choice so no, um no. you know so yeah like if we're if we're just chilling at home and we want to you know get into an art project together or yes. um you know talk about something difficult that happened at school like you know i am more empathetic i'm more tuned in and i just i feel like it's it improves my parenting in so many ways and, and, and moms that i talked to for the book said the same thing there were moms with for instance social anxiety or generalized anxiety who said I wouldn't get out and do half the things that I do with my kid if, you know, if, if I were still stuck at home and medical marijuana has helped me in that regard. So, you know, yeah, parenting is a big one. I think that I'm a more present, more, um, you know, just less harried parent. Yeah. I actually, I haven't told this to anybody, but I figured this was the good, this was a good episode to do this for this. So, Ooh. uh, I feel like, you know, I'm a very present parent, but I think I'm, I can be very serious as a parent, you know, a lot of like structure and boundaries. So sometimes I'm not as my more relaxed self when I'm parenting because I'm trying to keep my daughter on track and all these things, you know, it's exhausting. And then, but then when like edibles are my thing primarily, so I do very low dose edibles. I feel like I, I laugh more, I'm more fun. My daughter and I have, we're, we're closer because I'm more, a more relaxed version of myself. So like, I, like every Friday, I, I do the thing where I'll do that and we'll watch a movie together. And like, you know, I'm getting the gigs like crazy. Like, I'm, you know, you, I mean, if you haven't done it, like you get massive gigs, it's crazy. And she's laughing so hard because I'm laughing so hard. She has no clue, you know, that I took an edible like 45 minutes ago. But, and she's like, oh, daddy, we had the best laughs together. And sometimes I need that edible for me to unlock that version of myself for that. So when you said art project, you know, for me, it's like a movie or whatever, a chatting. I think it's really helpful for that. I muted myself because my dog started barking. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I've had all types of stuff. <laughs> Just let it roll. Sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes my dog is more disruptive than my kids. I mean, honestly, <laughs> me a lot more. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but of course, you know, not the mental load that kids, uh, no, kids require no, of you. No, no, that's for sure. Definitely not. No. But yes, I, I hear you. And I've, I've heard that from a lot of parents that they're able to, you know, just sort of tune into that more playful and more childlike yeah. version of themselves that, you know, gets really buried. Yes, I am not. I'm telling you right now, I am not the the play parent. I don't find a lot of joy in like, you know, one, I don't like playing with Barbies and stuff like that. And, you know, and all the little silly things that kids are into, I, I don't feel connected to it ever for that. And some parents are naturally good at that. They're good play parents. I need a little help in order to like do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Me too. Um, my husband is actually pretty fun and silly i would say that yeah. he's the he's the more fun parent <laughs> <laughs> i'm the te like i like to teach i think yeah. that's that's in my you know my background it's in my blood i really enjoy showing them how to do things and teaching yeah. them independent skills and you know teaching them about the world and things like that but yeah when it comes to like 
just just being silly being fun it, it, yeah. it can be a little more you know inaccessible for me too so cannabis helps in that regard yeah i think that's and i think that's it's good to have this conversation because i've talked to so many parents who think like well why don't i like to play with my kid or why don't like is there something wrong with me? no there's nothing wrong with you everybody's wired differently but this is an interesting option to help it if done correctly and and educated yourself and done at the proper dosage it could actually bring you closer to your children your spouse and un unlock maybe a, a more sensitive more present version of yourself you know i agree i agree i have a whole chapter on parenting with cannabis and you know i, I tell some some stories of women that mm -hmm. i interviewed who who talk about the different ways that cannabis helps them and you know, one of one of them was saying, and she she wasn't driving because she had she had her spouse with her, but she she said, Chuck E. Cheese is my least favorite place on earth. <laughs> and I, I have to go there sometimes for kids' soccer parties or whatever. So she's like, five milligrams edible, and I'm much happier at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and then my my partner drives us home. <laughs> See, it's all about like a ceremony. You've created there's a ceremony of safety in that in the dosage and in the transportation. The problem comes when people don't have a ceremony or a ritual or guidelines for using it. Then it becomes a huge problem, I think, for a lot of people. I agree. I agree. And I apologize, but my dog is being very annoying. So please give me one Oh, no, moment. it's okay. I don't hear anything. Seriously, it's all good. One, one moment. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. See, right now she's going, she's going to get the edible. I'll just show you. I was saying, are you sure you're going to uh, see your dog? See, I think you went back there. You went back to get an out of my new one. Oh, I keep them right on my desk. I don't need it's to. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So with this book, so when you're, when you're writing this book and you're thinking about it, with terms of moms, you said you, you were chatting to different moms and things of that nature. What inspired like the pathway for the book, how you wanted it to be written, you know? Um, well, it's because I, I found myself writing a lot about cannabis as a freelancer and a lot about parenting. And yeah. mainly those two were separate categories, um, separate beats, as we say sometimes. But, yeah. um, but then occasionally I would write like, you know, how to talk to your kids about cannabis, just, you know, light pieces that would that would mm -hmm. blend the two subjects. Um, and so as I kind of developed a reputation for writing about those two things, people came to me, moms in my community started saying, hey, there's a new dispensary that just opened up. Like, I don't know where to start. You know, yeah. what, do you, what do you suggest? Or how do I, you know, how do I deal with my sleep issues? Or what do you think about, you know, anxiety and CBD? So all sorts of questions would come my way. And I spent a lot of time answering them and, you know, speaking to people one-on-one. -on -one. And I love to do that, but I also felt like, there's actually demand for this particular, yeah. you know, subject for moms and cannabis, like a hand holding. I wanted it to be a hand holding guide, like, mm. hey, you don't have to be afraid. This is the history of cannabis and how long we've been interacting with it. This is how prohibition made no sense, um, you know, and then like this is how we got legalization. And this is what we know about cannabis science. And I'll hold your hand and take you through the experience, basically. So, you know, it's, it, it is a walk through the consumer experience, but it's also like an overall guide to what the subject is. I mean, it's, it's a vast, interesting subject, actually. Yeah. Cannabis overlaps so many things. Most definitely. Well, let's mm -hmm. jump into some of the strategies or guidelines you talk about in your book. 
um, for I think for the listeners and certainly I've told several I've told several moms who are on the fence about this with clients I have and things and they they want to know I said I'll, I'll remember I'm gonna remember so one thing I will remember for this okay <laughs> like <laughs> let's talk about some strategies that you talk about in your book for moving into this as a parent. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. That's, there's a lot to say there, but I'll try to summarize. And, you know, I think the first thing is, is to just ask yourself, what am I looking for? What, what, what kind of experience do I want to have? Um, is it, you know, to treat a mild symptom? If you're wanting to treat a major symptom, I think me the medical path is the way to go talk yeah. to a practitioner, but you know, if it's like, I just want to improve my mood or I want to relax without the hangover the next day, or, you know, I just want to sleep a little better. I think that you can self-experiment in those cases. Um, so ask yourself what you're looking for and then do, you know, educate yourself a bit on what the different products are. And it can be kind of overwhelming. There's a lot <laughs> out there, <laughs> yes. but, you know, basically it's good to know about CBD and THC. Um, and of course, know the legal situation where you live and what the legal marketplace is like. That's important for a mom. We don't want, you know, to get on the wrong side of things, but, um, and I say that even though I live in a prohibition state, but we talk about that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> now. I now. Now, yeah. Um, so, you know, getting to know a bit about CBD and THC, know that, that CBD is non, you know, psychotropic. It's not going to, you know, change your perception or outlook, but it actually can reduce anxiety for some people and the right doses, good, you know, good quality products, um, you know, without the high. But if you do want to go into THC, then start low and go slow. That is the most <laughs> important thing. <laughs> you didn't do that, but you didn't no. have a terrible experience. Some people no. are just like, never again, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I probably would have done low and slow, but I was like, in a moment, I was like, well, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> yeah i mean that's one way to do it and, and you know yeah. The, but but yeah I, I definitely think start low and go slow because some people have some people have really strong reactions to thc that's true and they can get anxious and that's no fun so you know thc is a dose dependent kind of thing with anxiety like low low doses often can alleviate alleviate it whereas high doses can cause it um, so that's an interesting thing. So know, know your CBD and THC, um, understand dosing, just proper dosing is super, mm -hmm. super important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of the biggest things. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's different based on what kind of products you're taking. If you're taking yeah. edible or taking some kind of inhalable, um, you know, and now there's even more categories than straight edible or inhalable yeah. you know so yeah. many things tinctures that start to absorb through your mouth before you digest uh. them sprays <laughs> <laughs> not into that <laughs> no it, it destroys your tolerance <laughs> it is uh, it's too much okay yeah <laughs> and, yeah interesting but you know there's just all kinds of products to experiment with so you know i would say um, have an idea of what you're looking for when you go into the dispensary, but you can ask questions. Don't be afraid. Ask yes. questions of the people who work there, the bud tenders, as they're called. Um, <laughs> that's great. I haven't heard that before. That's oh, good. Yeah. 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 That's that's a job now. And it's a really quickly growing industry. I could so totally they're... be a bud tender. There's no doubt about it. I know so much about weed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. It you know? is. Rich history, lots of you know interesting stuff on the cultivation side, like how 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 we make this interesting yeah. product, you know. Um, okay, so back to tips. Um, 
know what you're looking for, understand CBD and THC, start low and go slow, understand appropriate dosing, and you know, set and setting is important too. Oh, and I've heard you talk about that. So I know, yeah, I know that, that your listeners probably know what that is, but you know, just basically where you are and who you're with and what your mind, your mind state is, what your internal state is. Um, cannabis is not a fix-all, <laughs> you know, it's no. not a cure-all. So, you know, <laughs> if you're, if you're not taking care of yourself, not feeling good, you know, not sleeping, not nourishing yourself well, then it's not going to be a skillful addition. I think that it goes along with all those other pieces. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's, and you're right. The, knowing what's out there is crazy because like, if you go into a dispensary, it's like an adult candy store. It's like crazy. And I have a friend who recently went into one and she had never been in one. And she goes, it's like the Apple store, but for weed. <laughs> like, yeah. So, some of them are, I mean, there's like there's all kinds of dispensaries. There's like, you know, Jerry Garcia themed dispensaries. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's and one there's... right where I live. It's amazing. It's called Dank of America. It's a great name. And it looks like a shithole, man. I'm telling you. Just... But when I, it's in, I live in Washington State, and they have tons. I mean, we've had weed forever here. But I used to live in Las Vegas, and weed is legal there. And everything, all the dispensers there are like sexy vampire layers and stuff. It's weird. It's super high-end look. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, dispensaries can reflect like the place they're in, the, the culture of the neighborhood, all that good stuff. Yeah. We've got those Apple store type places. We've also got, yeah. you know, kind of wellness oriented, boutique, you know, bougie. Yeah. Spots. bougie. There's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's every, which, you know, I won't lie. It's pretty fun. I, it's fun. I can enjoy that. <laughs> it's like a tourist destination. Actually, my friends come into town, we, we go and actually go around to all the dispensaries and they love it because they're they're in vegas and they're like oh it's too upscale here mm -hmm. and you can be like we like going to your place everything's like a convenience store weed place <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like oh, depends on what you're into <laughs> yeah that's funny that's really funny and then you know some states have delivery so that if people are you know afraid to walk yeah. into that dispensary don't want to be seen in the parking lot whatever you can always <laughs> just order um you know depends that's on funny. where you are yeah, yeah, California has that. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people had that. And I was like, why are you hiding from this? <laughs> like, like, I know it was funny. I had a friend who like refused to go in the store with me, would like drop me off. And I'm like, what's <laughs> this? Not like we're like trying to infiltrate the Pentagon here. I mean, like, <laughs> just a store, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you know, a hundred years ish of prohibition has yeah. really you know and all that reefer madness propaganda yeah. yes you know yeah. that that colored people's attitudes and, and they think like it's you're doing something wrong and you know I, I wanted to address that a little bit in the book and actually i heard you speak about that in a, in a different um yeah. episode of um you know just how altered states of consciousness seeking altered states of consciousness is pretty it's natural it's normal yes. we humans do it all the time. Michael and, Pollan talks about that. He yep. is like, why hasn't this been edited out of our population? People, people, all people crave it on some level. Or you, you may say, well, I don't do this stuff. Well, you're doing meditation. You're trying to alter your state of consciousness or whatever it is. You're trying, you're doing sports. You're exercising. You're altering how you're thinking about something. We just made it, we made it wrong on some other stuff or something, you know, like, but I, I think humans seek it, you know? 
We absolutely do. And, you know, I, I think from a harm reduction standpoint, it makes sense to obviously know the, you know, the effects of whatever yes. you're consuming. And there are some, you know, even though I am for decriminalization and, you know, legalization of other drugs, you know, mm -hmm. too, I also think that it's really important to know the risks and just yeah. understand them well. Um, but I don't, I don't have a moral stigma attached anymore to, to <laughs> drug use, you know, I've evolved on it. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that we're lucky to, to be in a time where, uh, where these kinds of discussions can happen. Have, have you read, um, or seen Dr. Carl Hart's book, um, drug, drug use, use for grownups. grownups. Yep. It's right yeah. over here sitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little, uh, it's, it's a little extreme. You know, sure. <laughs> on some level, it kind of be extreme. Like I read it, my wife read it. She's like, "Don't even think about it." <laughs> some of this other stuff. I was like, "Don't you don't have to worry about that." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know, it's like it's pushing the envelope and definitely yeah. thought provoking. I think. Yeah, I think it is, and I I like that. I may not be on his level of like you know this guy's doing cocaine and stuff you know and all this stuff and heroin. That's not a, a, a bridge that I'm willing to do, but um, I do think it's good to know about these things and understand like the history of like, why has there been these smear campaigns, these propaganda campaigns against it? Much like with like mushrooms. I talk about that openly. I do mushrooms. And uh, so like, that's something like, see, that's not the same as weed to me. Mushrooms, like if that's gonna be legalized at some point down the line, but it's not something you should ever just be able to go into a store and get. I, re I really don't think it's too powerful. It's mm -hmm. way too powerful. Very spiritual. Weed is like, okay, I can go recreationally do that. Mushrooms, whole different game. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Although in, in really micro doses, mushrooms don't have yeah, that psychedelic bad. effect. Um, but but yes, it's it's. I think it should be um regulated in some way what that should look like yeah. i don't know or whether just decriminalized for you know gift grow and gather that's one sure. model yeah 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 for sure i think where our eyes are being opened and that's why i'd like to talk to different people like brianna mendoza about you know the global war on drugs you know i talked to dr coder about transpersonal psychology and the ceremony of mushrooms like i want to be as educated as possible. I know sometimes I sound like a degenerate talking about like, oh, this guy's doing this stuff. But let's be honest, I like to have a good time, but I am extremely educated in what I'm doing while I'm having it. So it's not like it's a flippant thing, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's about intentional use and, and mindful consumption and being aware of like, you know, like we're saying, set and setting and even like in some cases, the cultural context behind some of these psychedelics. Some of these psychedelics have a really long, um, you know, cultural history attached to them, and and there's a ceremony, there's ceremony, and yeah. all that stuff. I think that there's a lot to explore there, and I'm glad that our minds are opening up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So tell me about you had mentioned in the beginning about your husband, and now you're on this journey. How is that mesh between you two? So. <laughs> We've we've been through a really interesting dance, I think, with it, with, with cannabis in particular, um, different periods in our lives. He consumed, I didn't. 
Um, he quit for a long time, and then that's when I found it. Actually, it was when he was abstaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then there was a period of time where we were both partaking, but you know, his brain chemistry doesn't work great with cannabis. I mm. have to admit that, even though I'm an advocate, and I think that overall, it's you know, a plant with very few negative side effects for most people. I think yeah. that there are some people for whom it just becomes. Um, you know, too habitual and changes their perceptions, even when they're not high, mm. you know, and that, that is the case for him. So now I'm the only one who partakes again <laughs> in our house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, Isn't that funny? Yeah, That's a whole like funny. big change, right? It is. And, you know, so for, for that reason, what I've been through in my relationship around cannabis, I wanted to include a chapter in the book about how to approach partners with this and, you know, how to talk about it. If, the other person is not into it or you know can't consume for whatever reason because yeah these things come up yeah it's actually funny so like my wife doesn't uh do it she's not opposed to it at all but she's i think she's kind of like your husband not the habitual part but it's like it just it doesn't feel good for her so mm -hmm. she's just like eh, i'm not that into it you know type of thing but she's supportive of me doing it but you know and being responsible uh, yes. with it. So how does your husband see you now that you're doing this? Has his perception changed of you? That's an interesting question. Um, I think I'd have to ask him that question because <laughs> I don't know if we've ever, if we've ever discussed that person. What? We just, well, <laughs> we've discussed, you know, how it affects him, how it affects the okay. relationship and all that. Um, but, you know, in terms of like how he's, I think that the, we had a conversation not that long ago where um, he was like, you know, you have become more productive since cannabis came into your life. And that's really interesting because mm. it was always the opposite for me. You know, he was speaking from his perspective. Yeah. It's always the opposite for him. And it is true, actually, since cannabis came into my life, my you know writing career has definitely gone well. And I have my book out. And um, this past year has been really interesting in terms of you know, having a book about cannabis up and becoming more of a vocal advocate or yeah. a visible advocate um, online. And so I, I think he's proud of me. Yeah, I'm sure he is. It's just, <laughs> you have homework now. Now you have to ask him this question. <laughs> I like those deep questions. You're like, how do you, what do you think of me? What type of friend do you think I am? I like that type of stuff because it pushes people to answer questions they often have never thought about or have never even conceived that they would answer in their mm -hmm. lives. And that there's, some, there's something about that. Like I have friends coming up and we partake in, in edibles primarily when we come up, we enjoy our time together. I think we have more fun with it. We do it responsibly. And then we talk about our feelings about each other more often. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of that is someone say, well, why do you need that to talk about your feelings with each other? Okay, I don't know. I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like me as a parent, sometimes I need a little assist to be a little bit better in this one area. Mm -hmm. Why is it I can't you can't always be great in everything just because you wanted to will it to be better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody needs assistance in different ways. So I was just curious, like, he went from one transition to a different one, and then you went through one, and you've become more productive, apparently, which is great. Do you? Do you? Are you high when you write? When you write? No, um, definitely not high. Um, I 
once in a while we'll have a microdose. Um, yeah. You know, just to kind of fuel some parallel thinking, some creativity, yeah. that sort of thing. But actually, I don't write as well with THC in my mm. system because uh, I mean, I, I should say it's great for ideas for me, for inspiration. Yeah. And so my ritual right now um, is often to have my work day. Yeah pick up the kids from school now that they're actually back in school. Right, right. Only been a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, and sort of finish out the bulk of my work day and then to, you know, to partake. And often I'll go on a walk at that point, either with, yeah. with my kids or just with the dog. And that's when I get great ideas. So inspirations just fly through and not all of them are great yeah. <laughs> some of them are good some of them aren't yeah. but you know that's what canvas helps me with in terms of work and then when it comes to actually crafting sentences putting things together just cbd or or nothing yeah. for me yeah have you ever uh smoked weed before you've worked out before yes i have actually what was that experience like i'll, I'll tell you mine in a second i want to hear yours so it's it's pretty um, strain dependent for me um, okay. when it comes to smoking because there are strains that have more of those like uplifting terpenes sure. in them. You know, limonene and pinene are my go tos for like energy and get things done. So um, yeah, if I if I have a, a strain with maybe a little lower THC content than you typically see on the market right now, like sixteen to eighteen percent maybe would be my you know target yeah. range for that. And just like you know, a few puffs. Yes, working out, I love it. Yeah, I think it. I saw I saw some research out of Colorado about um, regular exercisers who smoke weed before they work out, and that uh, super positive effects from it. And I was like, this seems like the opposite of what I would want to do, <laughs> right? You know. And I found that completely be like I was shocked at how much synergy there was between smoking weed dressing weed and and a hard workout for me it was almost like it put me immediately into the zone or when i was experiencing pain from exercise i could like the, i was able to suffer more because it's like I'm, i was numb i was like whatever you know i was like it's a different state of mind and i find that actually i cook better when i uh, am on edibles i think better like, it's like, all I care about is the thing I'm doing at mm -hmm. that moment. The noise is, any other noise is gone. Mm -hmm. It's just, so it's very one track minded for me mm -hmm. with it. And I told my buddy and he was like, there's, we're both fitness people. He's like, there's no way that works for working out. I was like, just try it. And this guy's a heavy weed user. And he did, he was like, you were so right. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's interesting um, research about, yeah, how, um, yeah people who consume cannabis regularly do actually exercise more. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy, contrary right? to this, to this, you know, lazy, lazy stoner stereotypes. That whole, you know, stigma that, and now I've talked about this in other episodes and maybe you discuss this with people. It's just kind of this thing that people put on you that like, you must not be productive. You're a loser. You're doing this. You just probably just get the munchies all day and hang out and do nothing. And I think well people, productive people shouldn't be hiding that they're doing this because it just, to me, then the only thing people see is what they've been told of what somebody looks like is that does this, you know? Yeah. 
That's for sure. And it can really affect the way we feel about it and, and color our own, you know, a lot of people have shame for yeah. their use of cannabis because of all that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I might, my hope is that as we continue this conversation and cannabis becomes more legal and more normalized, that, that, that shame will, you know, will reduce, especially for, for moms. And, you know, so many moms are, are using cannabis for this, like, for, for wellness purposes so they can actually show up as their best selves, not yeah. so that they can tune out and, you know, ignore their kids' needs. Like not at all. <laughs> no. no mom that I interviewed was like, yeah, it's cool. I put my kid in front of the TV and then I just go smoke weed. No. <laughs> no. no, no. It's like I, you know, the people were telling me things like I have less anxiety or I have less pain. And then I can actually just be there better, be a parent better, be the, the person I want to be. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to the endocannabinoid system, it, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. The endocannabinoid system is, is meant to bring us to homeostasis, right? It's meant to regulate our, help regulate our systems. So, you know, appetite, pain, sleep, sex, um, yeah. you know, so many just sort of basic functions or basic, um, you know, systems in our bodies that the ECS touches. Um, and so, when we're out of whack, a little bit of cannabinoids just brings us back to that state of like, okay, calm, centered. I feel like myself. Yeah. It doesn't like take us into a like you know a new personality or yeah. become like a superhero version of yourself. Like it really doesn't alter you in that dramatic way. It yeah. just kind of helps you come back to homeostasis, feel better. What's wrong yeah. with that? You know? Do you get moms who are saying like I need a different option than like uh pharmaceutical drugs or things that are just have severe side effects or horrible withdrawal. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I know moms who have withdrawn from opioids with the use of mm -hmm. cannabis and uh, are thriving now. Um, you know, some, some women use it, some people use it for, for mental health, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, chronic pain is another one for sure. Then we're getting into the medical side of things. I mean, with, with cannabis, it's, we have like this legal distinction between medical and recreational, so-called recreational, which the yeah. industry now prefers to say adult use because uh, mm. recreation connotes like kids playing at a park or something. So right. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so uh, yeah, um, medical and adult use, but then there's like this vast space in between where it's like, okay, we can be using it, you know, I guess for wellness in this middle space. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I'm glad you're talking about that because I think so much of this has been kind of a medical or like, oh, you know, it's okay if it's medical. But what's wrong with pretty much well people wanting to feel more well or a better version? And I think sometimes there's kickback of like, well, you don't really have a problem that's medical. So this should be left to medical things. So there's nothing wrong with well people putting that out to say, hey, I do this as a well person or a person who doesn't have these diagnoses and I just want to like have an enhancement of my life. And I don't think we're talking about that enough. We make it more of a injury, medical pain relief thing, but sometimes it's just, you just wanna be better. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do try to convey that in my Instagram that, you know, that. There are many, many reasons. And, and even with one single session with cannabis, I might be consuming for some different reasons or getting some different benefits yeah. from it. Um, so yeah, we just have to keep 
keep talking about it, I think the more, um, you know, everyday people or, you know, public figures or, you know, just the more people talk about their ability to be a responsible parent and a cannabis lover at the same time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the better, the yeah. better off we're going to be. I yeah. think it's funny is like, I, I, I asked you, like, could you move up your appearance, you know, to come on here? And then uh, I was like, oh, this is perfect, because I think next week I have Jordan Boucher coming on, and she is a nutritionist, and she goes by, like, the dank nutritionist. Oh, and nice. so she talks, she does all these seminars about how to control the munchies and stuff when you're smoking. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm going to book in these things. You know, <laughs> we're going to like, yeah. but it's great because I'm like, okay, they're talking about it. And it's, and it's not just like somebody was like, dude, I got the munchies, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you may get the munchies. Here's how to deal with the munchies so that you don't like eat everything in your house. Cause yes, I've done this. <laughs> <laughs> People, it is true. You will be very hungry. I'm not lying. Everything you eat tastes amazing. <laughs> That sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear um, her tips on on that because Me too. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the the strain conversation is important there too. There are strains that are definitely known as yeah. appetite stimulating and appetite suppressing. More of them are appetite stimulating. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a, I should say there's a cannabinoid, yeah. <laughs> THCV. Have you heard of THCV? No, what's that? Um, it's a, so like THC and CBD, we have hundreds of other cannabinoids, right? Um, just THC and CBD are the most common ones and the ones most studied and talked about, whatever. But minor cannabinoids like THCV, it is, it is mildly psychoactive, but it's being researched as like um, appetite suppression and um, blood sugar regulation and help for diabetics. So yeah, there are potentials to, you know, to use other cannabinoids, not just your THC yeah. and your CBD for these different purposes. But, you know, as, as the regulations loosen and we get more research, we're going to be able to find out more. Like, I think that the future of cannabis is really tailored. It's really bespoke, yeah. you know, yeah, because it's not just a one size fits all here, smoke this flower and you'll, you know, you'll like it. It's <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> I mean, you but, might, you got to try stuff though, man. Like, you know me, I can't sure. do water bonds. I do the water bond is so harsh. man. It's just too much for me. Really? Like I abstain okay. from the water bond hard. It's just like, it destroys me. Like just the feeling is not good, but I wouldn't know that if I didn't try. It. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like, I like to like move through a lot of options and then I center on what works for me. There's the design, there's the kind of the prescription almost, if you will, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to learn more about all the different cannabinoids. We are learning more, but we're going to continue to yeah. do that. And then the terpenes and even like flavonoids in cannabis, because it's a plant, you know, these yeah. can have some effects. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I really am. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity. And like you said, is the more we talk about it, the more we get it out there, and to me, honestly, the more well people talk about it and say, hey, yeah, I, I do this. I'm a successful mom. I'm a successful uh, you know, dad or whatever, whatever I do in my life. And I'm thriving. I think that's the thing that people think people are doing this. There's no way they could be thriving and doing well. And I, I, most people I know are thriving and doing it responsibly. So that message, I, I think, should get out there. 
I 100% agree, honestly. And I'm really heartened to see more of that happening on Instagram. I think that's the place yeah, where, yeah. you know, it's the most visible right now. I agree. And listen, you might get the munchies. It's okay. It's totally okay. I got a buddy who eats really well most of the time. And every time he does an edible, which is very rare, he wants to get Taco Bell Crunch Wrap. I don't know why <laughs> he destroys the Taco Bell Crunch Wrap. <laughs> it's weird, man. He's like, he's got a weird craving for it every time. He does it like, <laughs> hilarious. have it. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Like he never eats any of that stuff, ever. But the minute he does it and he gets, that's all he wants. I said, it's so weird. It's like, it's like you're going through something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't actually get the munchies that often, interestingly really? enough. Yeah. I, I think that some of it is timing. Like I can I can time it so that if I if I smoke before dinner, then I eat a really good dinner, but I don't yes. necessarily feel the need to like keep eating after that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's it. And I, I've done intermittent fasting on and off. And so when yep. I'm not eating after a certain period of time, it's like, I'm just not eating. It's not an option. Yeah. I'm not, you know, so I, my brain doesn't go there as much. Yeah. Um, but I know that, yes, the munchies can definitely be. <laughs> my wife says I'm like, a, I eat like a rat in a dumpster, right? Because <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> most of the time I'm very, I, I you know, I, I'm in the fitness business. I'm not like a super strict person for eating, but I, I'm, I'm very moderation stuff. She's like, you just keep going back to that pantry over and over again. I'm like, I'm never not hungry. <laughs> it's like a wave of constant hunger. <laughs> like, wow. But you know what? Delta eight does that for me. Delta eight is Delta another, eight. yet another cannabinoid that's yeah. um, gaining the popularity in okay. illegal states because it's like kind of a gray area cannabinoid. Really? What? I never mm -hmm. heard of this. Yeah, it's it's another minor cannabinoid that um, you can either they can either extract from hemp um, or they okay. can actually make it out of CBD. So it's it's naturally occurring, but the delta eight product that you usually get is synthetic because they you know they take the CBD mo molecules and they do something to it to make it delta eight, and it's like depends on who you ask, maybe legal because <laughs> in places without you know, THC legalization mm. because it's not THC, but it's Delta huh. eight THC, which is very similar <laughs> to Delta nine THC, the normal one. And anyway, but yes, Delta eight stimulates appetite for me, like, like gangbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Well, you're very knowledgeable about this, Danielle. And, um, you know, the book is weed mom. You want to definitely check it out and, uh, check out Danielle's Instagram because uh, it's really awesome. I follow her on there and she has great information, fun videos. And uh, again, I think it's really important to get this topic out to people. So thank you for being on. Thank you so much, Dr. D. It's been really fun. Most definitely. We will be in touch. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone. Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes? Or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type 2 diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. And Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association, is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org slash Project Power.
you can avoid the risk of type 2. Project Power will help. 